Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I want to welcome each and every one of you to another very exciting episode of the Do I Offend You podcast. My name is Carl Britt. I am your host. I am your truth teller. And let me say right from the jump, I love this truth. I am head over heels, madly in love with the truth of Jesus Christ, that apostles doctrine that uh, we get to hear preached to us straight down the pipe, full of anointing, eloquent, applicable to our lives. And it's through that preaching, uh, the Bible says that uh, it pleased the Lord um, to save us through the foolishness of preaching. It's foolishness to this world, but let me tell you something, I credit the preaching of God's word from some of these mighty men of God uh, for giving me a deep down in my bones uh, love for this truth. I love watching what it does to people who come into it. Um, it is, you know, it, it's amazing because all through God's word, um, every jot and every tittle, when it comes into a person's life, when he creates that new heart in a person and you start seeing the chains of addiction broken and you start seeing the power of God uh, at hand, uh, be manifested in how a person's life is changed and how they grow in that grace and that knowledge. It's exciting. And I don't want to be the, uh, the, the, the star of the show today. I'm, I'm trying to say as little as possible and then come right with a message that, you know, uh, whether we're locked down or not. And, but especially because we're locked down, this one's going to hit home. This one's going to be a good, uh, message. I was going to do one, uh, from another pastor and I love to have the opportunity to showcase uh, some of the wonderful preaching of God's word uh, from great men in this apostolic movement, this apostles doctrine movement. Um, and so it really blesses my soul. And the message uh, today is going to be brought to you by uh, Pastor Douglas Walker. And the title of it is called Freedom in the Fire. Okay. And I don't want to give too much of it away, but I just want to say this, you know, there, you know, when you have the Holy ghost and you hear the truth coming at you, your spirit bears witness. That's what the Bible says. And it really does. And it just rings so true and it feels so good. And it's one of those messages that you could just marinate on it for days on end, you know, and pray about it and ask God to uh, make it applicable in your life. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate my pastor. Um, he is, like I said in the last episode, he's handling COVID-19 quite nicely. I'm very proud of him for how he is doing it. Um, keeping his flock encouraged, keeping them worshiping, keeping us in a, um, a you know, a, a mode of hope and peace and joy and love. You know, it's just, there's something about it. So I want to just say real quick before I turn it over to Pastor Douglas Walker, I want to say that if you do not have a love for the truth, now's a good time to appraise yourself, okay, to look yourself over and say, hey, am I really as crazy about Jesus Christ as I was uh, the day I got filled with the Holy Ghost or are things getting a little stale? Are things getting a little sideways? Am I dibble dabbling 
uh, rubbing shoulders with this world uh, more than I need to be. And really evaluate where you're at. This is a good time while we're on lockdown to really look at ourselves because, you know, it's it's our human nature to justify all the time. Well, I'm doing good here or I'm not doing that. I even catch myself, uh, catch myself sometimes and I'm like, well, you know, at least I'm doing this or at least I'm doing that. And you know what? We should always be striving for perfection, always wanting to be completely conformed into the image of Jesus Christ. And that should be our goal. But um, so, ladies and gentlemen, without any further to do, I am bringing you a dynamic message. Lock on, be attentive to every word and really enjoy the passion in which this man of God preaches. I mean, the passion is and the anointing. It's really something to behold. So I hope you folks enjoy it. And I know that you will. Lord bless. And I will get back with all of you after the message concludes. Settle in heaven, O God, that thy word, heaven and earth, shall pass away. But not one jot or one tittle of the word of God, not a dotting of the I or a crossing of the T will in any way, shape, or form fall. That's how much faith I have for the things of God this morning. Man, if you'll turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel, the third chapter. Daniel chapter 3. Man, I too want to tag on to what my wife said. Um, I'm appreciative of everybody who was helpful and who worked with us this week in uh, seeing that come to pass. And um, just is a beautiful thing, beautiful thing. Some of them so hard, some of them so caustic, and yet walk up in the midst of all their cynicism and ask, will you pray with me? Will you, will you pray with, with me that God will help me? Thank God for that. Man, Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent together and gather all the princes of the governors, the captains, the judges, treasurers, counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar king had set up. Then the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sagbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king hath set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. All right, let's go to the book of Job, if you will. I want you to go with me to the book of Job. Job chapter 34. 
Job chapter 34, verse 29, and only the, the beginning of this verse. When he, talking about God, when he giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? God bless you today. You may be seated. Amen. Today I'm going to preach for a few moments. I'm going to preach today on freedom is in the fire. Freedom is in the fire. The Bible tells you in the book of Daniel. Daniel is a very awesome book. Daniel um, the first six chapters of the book of Daniel are written in the third person in Aramaic. Daniel does not hardly use the first uh, person uh, personal pronouns. He tells six stories in the first six chapters. Each one of those chapters are one story that rebels against authority. Each chapter rebels against the world system. Four of these chapters deal with Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, the one chapter deals with his son, Belshazzar. And then the sixth chapter deals with Darius the Mede. Man, six chapters, six stories that tell us that compromise is not an option for the people of God. Tells us that settling for less than what God has called us to be, to do, and to appropriate to ourselves is sheer lunacy and deluded thinking. God doesn't want the church to compromise. And he gives six stories in one of the most sordid and one of the most wicked places on planet Earth to tell you that if these men can be unequivocal and these men would refuse to compromise, there is no excuse for us to compromise in the modern era that we live in. If these men could withstand the pressure and these men could withstand the intimidating uh, maligning, maliciousness, uh, and bullying to stand up and say, I refuse to change. I refuse to negate what I believe. Uh, and I refuse to dilute my convictions. Man, 90% of all the preaching you will ever hear and I will ever do that uh, mentions compromise uh, will be linked up and harnessed up to some sort uh, of perennial system uh, in which we are defending a standard of holy living and a standard of righteousness. And that is true. And that is necessary. However, that's not what I'm on a kick about today. And that's not what I'm moving on today. I believe that compromise has to be a thing that we avoid. Uh, even in our personal dedication. Even in our personal prayer lives. Uh, man, not only do I not uh, compromise on outward holiness. Uh, and inward works of grace. Uh, but I'm not compromising on the spiritual disciplines uh, that bring an anointed life. Uh, don't compromise on prayer. Don't compromise on fasting. Don't compromise on worship. Uh, don't compromise on church attendance. Don't compromise on brotherly love and the spirit of the church, which is the body of Christ. Don't compromise on your convictions about what God called you to be. Man, don't just compromise on issues of holiness and issues of things that need not to be addressed every time that we stand in the pulpit. And I'm very, very unequivocal when it comes to 
to personal holiness. I believe that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And it being the temple of the Holy Ghost, amen, it is what is on the inside that makes you beautiful, not what is on the outside. You don't need the ornamentation of the world. You have an ornamentation of a meek and a quiet spirit inside of you. Man, the temple of the Holy Ghost is made beautiful because of the residency of the Spirit of God, not because somebody dolls it up. God doesn't need you to paint your flesh to be pretty. You're not pretty because you paint it. You're pretty because he has blood inside you and the Spirit of grace in you. Amen. The Bible teaches us that you are the temple. You are the residing body uh, in which God hath inhabited. Uh, God doesn't need your graffiti to be beautiful. Nobody, nobody. Oh, come on. Cut that mess out. I rebuke that delusion. Nobody builds a new mansion and then says, boy, we got to come paint it 10 colors. Uh, and we got, no, no, you don't. You don't make up something that's made right. When the Holy Ghost gets in you, it's the residency of the indwelling of the Holy Ghost of God. Amen. No, you don't have to ornament it. You don't have to adorn it. The adornment comes from within. And so the Bible speaks of the temple. The Bible speaks of the tabernacle that you have. In the Bible, in the wilderness, he said, I'll tell you what, I want you to deck it with purple. I want you to put fine linen on it. I want you to make gold, and I want you to put rubies, and I want you to put carbuncle, and I want jasper, and I want I, I want gold and silver. I want every. He was down to where he said the screws in the knops that are going to hold the curtains up had to be solid silver that had been purified. He put so much money in that tabernacle, and then on the outside he said, I want you to cover it in badger skins. I want you to cover it with old skins. Why? Because it's not made to look beautiful on the outside. The beauty is the secret that is within. Well, Nebuchadnezzar never understood this. He thought the beauty was him. He thought the beauty was his gold. He thought the beauty was his adornment. He thought the beauty was what he was. Beware of this spirit. Beware of this spirit. First John chapter 2 verse 16 says, All that is of the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Beware of that spirit. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. What is that? Well, the lust of the eye says, I see it. The lust of the flesh says, I want it. And the pride of life says, nobody's going to tell me I can't do it. Uh, all three of those spirits combined uh, are a witch's brew that takes people to hell. Nebuchadnezzar never learned this. Nebuchadnezzar got the lust of the eye in his spirit, and he couldn't get enough of looking at himself. Amen. Isaiah 43, you know, I'm turning to Isaiah 43, verses 12 through verse 15, tells of Lucifer, who said, I shall exalt myself under the throne of God. I shall lift myself up. I shall beautify myself against God. I shall set up on the throne. I shall be worshiped. And God said, you will slide down the walls of hell and you will be in the abyss that I put you in. God did not trifle with that. And Nebuchadnezzar was a man that thought it was about his honor and about his glory. Nebuchadnezzar, so foolish, preposterous, and absurd, thought that somehow building this absurdity was going to make him worth looking at. If you take the standard cubit uh, and the standard measurement of a cubit, which commentaries use, uh, it's about 18 inches. So if you take Daniel chapter 3, 
verse number one. He said, let's build me a statue in my image. Let's make it look like me. And we're going to make it 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. Isn't it funny how pride is absurd? How pride deems that to be beautifying. How pride deems that to be something that is eloquent. It's preposterous and it's absurd. And yet this man said, when you hear the music, you will fall down and you will worship me. There was the, the pressure, the, the intense pressure from a king who was drunk on his own spirit. Drunk on his own mind and drunk on his own glory. Then the herald cried and said, listen, guys, when when you do this, you've got to get down and you've got to worship him and, and you've got to praise him. And so Nebuchadnezzar apparently was was apt to burn dissidents in the fire. Jeremiah chapter 29 says that two men rebelled against him and he roasted them in the fire. He didn't just burn them. He roasted them. And so in Jeremiah, there is the introduction to Nebuchadnezzar. Jeremiah 29, 21, he took two prophets who would not agree with him, and he roasted them in the fire. I'm going to tell you, it goes on a little bit. When you, when, when you get to dealing with a fool, the wrath of a fool is heavy. The Bible says here in the book of Proverbs, if you look at Proverbs chapter 27 and verse number 3, it talks about it. A stone is heavy and the sand weighty. But a fool's wrath is heavier than both of them. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 22 says, A angry man stirreth up strife, and a furious man aboundeth in transgressions. This man most certainly did. Daniel chapter 3 and verse 7, Therefore at that time, when all the people heard this, all this music, they fell down. Notice here, notice what your Bible says, that all kinds of music all the people, everybody say all the people, but that isn't true. All the nations, but that isn't true. All the languages worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up, but that isn't true. Verse number eight, wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Then spake they unto king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. With a flattering mouth they come to honor him. But they really have guile in their spirit. Whoso falleth not down and worshipeth that, he should be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. See, when you get wrapped up in what's on the outside, you learn not to respect what's on the inside. When you learn to respect only the gaudiness of the outside, you become blind to the glorious on the inside. He was so locked in with the absurdity of self-worship and the, the preposterousness of praising something that was in his own image that when they fell down, he thought everybody was going to obey. To him, he couldn't imagine anybody not obeying him. Verse number 12, they said, There are certain Jews whom thou hast set up over the affairs and the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, see, there's that rage of humanity. People get angry when they don't get glory. People get furious. They get livid when people don't applaud the outwardness and expect beauty to be from within. 
But here's three men in this third story in Daniel that said, we're not impressed with what's on the outside. It's the glory of God that cometh from another world. The Bible says that he looked at them in his rage and fury. He commanded, bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They brought these men before them. Look at verse number 15. Now, if you be ready, are you ready now? I'm going to give you a, a second chance. That at the time you hear the sound of this music, you'll fall down and worship the image which I have made well. That'll be good with you. But if you do not worship me, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Listen to this taunt right here. Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? He's getting ready to get that question answered. He's getting ready to hear God resoundingly answer, I am the God that delivers out of your hands. Nebuchadnezzar, they answered him, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We're not nervous and we're not equivocating. We are not careful to answer you this. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace and will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship thy golden image, which thou hast set up. And then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury. He looks at them, his visage was changed, his countenance was changed. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded those mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So the men who were putting them in the fire, it killed them. But the Bible says that these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. I want you to come with me a minute, just a moment. I want you to bring me your imagination and bring me your heart and your mind. I want you to consider liberty and freedom. I want you to ask yourself the question, who is really free in this passage? Who is the free man? The Bible says that these men were bound hand and foot. They were thrown into the burning fire. And there is the assumption of the flesh and the assumption of the carnal mind to say that those who rebelled against the world's authority are the ones that were bounded. But that's not true. The Bible tells us that the people outside of that, they didn't have a choice either. For Nebuchadnezzar commanded them to bow down and worship him. I'll tell you, if you look at the beginning of this chapter, you find the pressure was so intense and that those who were outside of the fire were slaves to false worship. They weren't free out there. Those men standing bound, hand and foot, uh, being shuffled and drug along uh, by their shoulders, looked around uh, at people who did not have binds on their hands. Uh, but I'm telling you, those people are not free out there. Those people are slaves to false worship. They are slaves to a godless society. They are prisoners of megalomania. They are prisoners to egotism. They are prisoners to man's agenda. Drug along in bonds. 
drug along. What are you doing? I'm preaching off of the end of Wednesday night's Bible class. Uh, Paul looked at them and said, I, you, you think you put me in here by false accusation, uh, but the Lord's got this chain around me. And Paul looked above his accusers uh, and looked above them that had falsely accused him and said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Uh, these men being drug along in bounds, uh, amen, they were not slaves to a wicked king's ego. Uh, I'm not slaves to Hollywood. I'm not slaves to professional sports. I'm not slaves to professional music industry. I'm a free man. I'm a free man because I'm in the fire of the Holy Ghost. You can look out in that world and say, well, it must be nice to be that liberated. must be nice to be that free. They're not free. If they don't get out and bow what Satan tells them to worship, amen, they're going to be cast into all kinds of trouble. They're not free out there. It's a delusion. Uh, they can't just say, I don't do that, and I'm not going to live that way. They're bound by their addictions, uh, bound by their spiritual oppression, uh, bound by the spirit of darkness. Uh, it's not freedom out there. Men being drug along, bonded, tied up, hand and foot, maybe even wrapped. I don't know. Because the Bible says they were bound up with their coats. So I don't know what that means. Probably can't bind them up with their coats just on their wrists, but who knows? They might have been bound hand and foot. They might have been bound all the way up their body and every belonging they had tied to them. And they took them. You'd have to go into the gods of Moloch and the understanding of a Babylonian Assyrian concept. But they had these fires that were cauldrons and had these stacks on them. And they had these slides and these chutes uh, that they could feed. The, 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 the fires would be so hot, they'd have to feed them out of funnel. Uh, and they put these men in this funnel and ran them down this funnel. And your Bible says in Daniel chapter 3 and verse 23 that they fell down bound uh, into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Uh, I'm telling you right now you got to ask yourself where is freedom you got to ask paul had to ask himself in acts chapter 21 where is liberty i'd rather be bound with the chain of god than to be deluded that i was free and in the bondage of sin i'm not going to be a slave to a taskmaster that's going to abuse i'm going to tell you something if you go down with the devil you're going to partake of the devil's inheritance and isaiah says that is sliding down the walls of hell but as for me i shall go Hallelujah. The book said that when he make it quiet, uh, they can't have trouble against you. When God gives you peace, when God gives you calm, they try to make trouble. That doesn't mean that people don't try to make trouble. That doesn't mean people don't torment you and people don't bother you. But the Bible says when he giveth quietness, who shall make trouble? Amen. They couldn't make you trouble if they wanted to make you trouble. They can tie your hands and feet, but they can't make trouble when God makes you peaceful. When God gives you the power over the dilemma and the power over the situation, they can't control your faith. They can control your arms, but they can't control your spirit. Because your glory isn't your beauty on the outside. Your glory isn't your adornment on the outside. Your glory isn't that. It's on the inside. You can take it away from me. The king, the king's decree shows amen, what he was doing. But the Bible says in verse 24 that then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the midst of fire? And they answered and said, true, O king. And he answered and said, then 
Amen. I see four men loose uh, walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt. Uh, can I preach to you for just a little while this morning that those that were outside of that, they were slaves. Uh, they were prisoners of ego. They were slaves to megalomania. The only person I find that was free uh, is the ones that were in the fire with the God of heaven. Uh, the only ones I find that had true liberty uh, were the ones that trusted in God, uh, were the ones that believed in God were the ones that walked in faith. They're not free out there. They're not free in what they're doing. Hey man, I'll tell you where liberty is. Liberty's walking in the fire. Let them turn the fire up seven times hotter. But there's a God that's in you. Your power isn't your beauty. My power is not what I own and what I possess and what I drape over my shoulders. My power is what's on the inside. And if that same spirit be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, it shall raise you up. Kill me, I'm going to stand again. No wonder Job said, yet in my flesh, those skin worms eat my body. In my flesh, I shall see God. You know what Job was saying? You can kill the outside. It's not made to be beautiful. I look weak in your eyes today. I look contemptible in the eyes of the world. But on the inside is the power of the God that judges all eternity. Hallelujah. If I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I'd be crawling over pews to get it today. I'd be getting in the altar saying, God, I need something down on the inside that makes me walk on water, that makes me walk through the fire. You really, 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 really believe this stuff? I do. He said, and they have no hurt. He said, I, I, I put, did I not put three guys in there? And were they not bound up? Yes, they were. He said, I, I got a problem. I see four and they're liberated. I see four and they're loosed. I see four and they're free. I see four. Hey Amen. There's one in there that I've never seen before. He is like as unto the son of man. Hey Amen. This was the reference of a pagan king saying, I see the son of God. Was he talking about Jesus? I don't know if he was or not, but what I believe he was talking about was there's an apparition from another world who is more powerful than I, who is more gracious than I, who is more authoritative. What's on the inside of the fire is stronger than what put you in the fire. The trial that brought you into this house, amen, is not near as hot as the fire of the Holy Ghost in you. Verse 28, Nebuchadnezzar changes his words. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel. He called him the Son of God first. Amen. In verse number 25. But in verse number 28, he calls him an angel. He didn't have a clue what he was looking at. Amen. But there was something in that man's spirit that knew he was looking at supernatural. That whatever it was that was the fourth man in the fire... It was not from this planet Earth. It was not a rival king. It was not a rival image. His image on the outside was unable to burn his enemy. But the image of God inside the fire was able to redeem his children from a flaming fire of temptation and problems. You've exaggerated. And I have exaggerated. 
how big my issues are. My issues may be big, but there's a God in this flame with me this morning that's bigger than my problems. My doubt may be 90 feet tall by nine feet wide, but the Son of God is walking in the fire with me. Amen. For I shall not leave you comfortless, but I shall come. I'm coming back. I'm coming back for you. I'm going to stand in your trial. I'm going to stand in your misery. And he's like unto the Son of God. Well, I thought you called him the Son of God. I did. Amen. Well, I thought you called him an angel. I did. So which one is it, Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar finally gets to this point. He said, listen, I don't know exactly what I saw, but whatever I saw wasn't from here. Whatever I saw was from another world. you got to get somewhere. Amen. In the power of the Holy Ghost, where what is ministering to you is not horizontal ministry. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. You don't need horizontal ministry. You need something that comes from above. For he that is above is strong. He that above is light. He that is above is life. He that is above is liberty. I don't need more stuff down here. I need something from up there. Let me preach fasting to you in 15 seconds or less. Fasting is when you look at the food that your outer man wants. Amen. But the inner man knows something's going wrong. And the inner man knows it's weak. And the inner man knows more of that stuff's not going to fix you. And when you shove that plate back and say, I'm fasting, what you're declaring in the spirit world is the biscuits and bread on that plate is not what I need. It's what I want. But it's not what I need. I need something from another world. And when a man or woman begins to fast, the angels begin to marshal. For Paul said, are they not ministering spirits? In case you don't know what angels are doing right now, they're waiting for somebody who says, what I have isn't enough. Uh, I need something from another world. And when a man or woman in the church does that uh, and pushes back their plate in fasting, uh, the Holy Ghost rushes to them. Uh, what do you need, baby? Uh, what do you need, child of God? Hi, uh, Lord. Uh, I'm in this fire is what I need. Uh, amen. I'd like to have my hands loosed. Uh, I'd like to have my feet loosed. Uh, and the only people that had liberty in this whole chapter uh, was those who we're in the fire with Messiah. What you think you need is not what you need. That's what you want. That's what you like. That's what you wish for. What you need is an apparition from another world. Amen. What you need, amen, is the visitor of the river High Deckle who comes and says, I've wrestled with the beasts of hell for these 21 days, but I brought you victory in my bosom. What you need is an encounter from another world. If your body's sick, you need healing. If your body is full of doubt, you need a God that's more real in the fire. The God that delivers you out of the fire is greater than the God that puts you in the fire. The thing that will get you out is stronger than the thing that got you in trouble. So when y'all are looking at your thing that got 
put you in the mess you're in. Lift up your eyes. Look under the hills. Look under the hills. Look under the hills from which cometh my help. My help ain't in the valley. My help ain't in the canyon. My help is in the horizon. My help's coming from another world. He looks at them. He says, you're, you're, I see them. I got a problem with this. They're free. And Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God. Amen. Do you hear that? A Babylonian king. A man that in Jeremiah 29, amen, roasted prophets like they was weenies. Amen. The man that said, you don't bow and worship my outer gold, and I'll roast you in the fire. Saw something from another world and came to them and called inside the trouble. Called inside the fire. Oh, you servants of the most high God. Higher than Moloch. Higher than Baal. Higher than Dagon. Higher than Nebuchadnezzar. Higher than the gods of Ashtoreth. Higher than the gods of Zebulun. Greater than the gods of the Philistines. Greater than the gods of the Assyrians. Greater than the gods of the Chaldeans. I saw the Most High God. I saw the God that was bigger than me. The God that was more beautiful than I. The God that was bigger than my trouble. Amen, amen. I'm telling you today in the Holy Ghost, I don't know what your flame of fire is. I don't know where you're burning, but there's a presence in this room that'd love to walk with you a little while. There's a presence of the Most High God. Amen. What it was, it was someone who was infinitely more powerful than himself. It was someone that was otherworldly. Somebody that came from another place upon whose bodies, amen, the fire has no power. In verse number 27, he says, Amen. The princes, the governors, the captains, the kings, the counselors gathered together. Look at these men. Look at these guys. Of these men, why should we look upon them? Upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of smoke hadn't even got on them. Folks, I'm not some kind of brilliant speaker, but I will tell you, I am a theologian, and I am a Bible man. It appears to me that the only thing that got burned was the cords that was keeping them bound. Your trial is hot and your troubles are hot, but it's not to hurt you, it's to free you. When you walk out on the other side, the only thing that's going to be burned is what's held you back. I've got a word from God for you. Quit crying about the fire and start dancing in it. The fire's what's freeing you. The fire's what's little mercy. The fire, the fire is where the freedom is. You're boohooing today and you're crying. And one may be looking, I can't believe this happened to me. And then, but all of a sudden, I look down and there ain't a hair on my hand. There, there ain't, 
There ain't one thread of the hem of my suit that got burned up. Hey man, my necktie didn't even get out of place. I don't even smell the trial I just went through. It ain't even on me. As a matter of fact, the only thing that I'm missing is the bonds that held me back. I'm going to tell you, God's getting ready to take this church to another level. The whole, oh, sh listen to me. God's getting ready to blow the doors off this place and give you ministry that walks all over the face of the earth. Quit crying about the fire and let it burn the intimidation off. Let it burn that... What are you missing? Pastor, what are you missing? Really? I've given it on account. The only thing that's gone is what had me tied up. You want liberty? Go through the fire. You want liberty in your ministry? Go through the trial. You want liberty? You, you know, no, no, no. You don't get it by reading more books. You don't get it by going to theology class. You don't get it by coming a doctorate of missiology. You get it by walking through the pain and walking through the trials and walking through the fire. But when you come out, your hands go like this. Your feet go like this. Where'd you get the dance? I got it in the fire. Where'd you get your faith? Come on, help me have church a minute. Where'd you get your ministry? I got it in the fire. I got it in the fire. Praise him. Praise him, the Bible said. Praise him for your trials. Praise him for your fire. Praise him for your pain. Praise him for your struggles. Come on, feel the Holy Ghost. Paul writes, man, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 16, he said, I may suffer in bond and chain as an evildoer, but the word of God is not I may be bound, but the book isn't a prisoner. I may be tied in my trouble, but the word of God is free. I may suffer as a prisoner, but the word of God is liberty. The word of God is truth. The word of God is right. Praise him if you need a victory. Praise him if you need liberty. Praise him if you need freedom. Praise him if you want a new anointing. Praise him if you want liberty. Hallelujah. Hey, so it goes without saying. All right, you already know the whole church was rocking and rolling. You're not going to sit under uh, that type of anointing and that type of preaching and not wear out the souls in your new penny loafers. I promise you, okay? Uh, it is a joy. It is a blessing uh, to sit under that type of preaching. It's exciting. And um, it's just, you know, hey, so real quick, b b before I forget, let me just say this really quick, okay? Please, 
I am begging you. On Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock, go to Facebook Live and type in Second Chance Church, okay? And it's not Second Chance spelt out. It's the two with the N and the D, all right? Second Chance Church. And um, get a load of some of that preaching. I'm telling you what, you get to watch it live at 11 a.m. and at 6 o'clock Sunday uh, in the evening. Uh, you're going to be blessed, folks, uh, to, to watch him. You get to see him um, on your computer, or your TV, or your laptop, or your phone, or whatever you got, all right, and get a bar of some of that goodness right there, some of that truth, uh, some of that anointing. So I appreciate you folks uh, tuning in. He has said all there is to say. I, there's nothing I am looking to um, expound on or elaborate on other than to say that Uh, That type of preaching right there makes you have a love for the truth. All right. And so I know I want to be dancing in that fire. I want to be dancing in my troubles and my trials. I want to dance my way through COVID-19. All right. So praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to um, continue to be aware that we are going to conclude our Bible lesson in search of the few uh, on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, coming up this weekend. So Lord bless all of you and everything you heard from Pastor Walker is the Bible. And ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, that's the truth.